I've never known him to be upset. You can bribe him with treats. I mean, that's the perfect politician. Well, the mayor of Idlewild is quite a character. He doesn't have much experience in politics, but he can sure make his constituents smile. KMR's Claudia Buccio went to Idlewild for a quick chat with the mayor. Okay. That's Maximus Mighty Dog Mueller II, better known as Mayor Max, the mayor of Idlewild. And then I was also jealous because sometimes you get into Idlewild and sometimes you don't <laughs> see Mayor Matt. Hey, Max. Hey, Max. Hey, Max, I got hikers. Max, look at me, bud. Oh, good. We got a perfect one. Excellent. You guys should do a selfie. Maybe you should do a selfie. By the way, Mayor Max is trained as the only politician in the world who matches up, who will close his mouth on command. He's not looking at He's looking at the puppy. Yes. And they have like a set schedule for when they come into the town and we had missed it during our Nero. And so then during our zero, I think I'd like, you know, like just got out of the shower and like check the time and we're like, oh no, we need to go. And like <laughs> running outside of the Idlewild Inn trying to get there, <sighs> which is really silly. And there was a long line and I, we got up there and it kind of feels like taking a photo with Santa. It's very, everything's flustered. Smile for the camera, Max, Max, this way. Max loves snack, like just screaming. Yeah. And I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, it is Santa Claus for sure. Welcome to season two of A Long Walk North. Today's episode is brought to you by Triple Crown Coffee, Purple Rain Adventure Skirts, and the Thruer Hiking Community. Charging down those craggy mountains with our thrift store friends, who you find so? So in love with the fallen earth Oh, you wake in the middle of the fallen night With the summer playing coy Because I'm trying to like Google you guys and all that kind of stuff just to, to get questions and that stuff. But I mean, it's very, it's such a, it's such a, a, a charming story. But before we talk about dogs and all that kind of stuff, like, tell me a little bit about you two. Like, how long have you been together? You know, where did you grow up? Like, when did you move to Idlewild? Like, just more about okay. you guys. Because my husband is a California native. He was born in. 1964. I met him when he applied for a job. I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, and went to college in Michigan. And we lived in Michigan in the summers. So I consider myself uh, from Ohio and also a Michigander. (laughs) After college, a year after college, I moved to California in 73. I was born in 1951. Anyway, when my, my company was young, my husband... He wasn't my husband at the time, but 
he applied for a job at my company in 1981. He was still in high school. And we didn't even call him back. And then he called back a year later. Of course, I didn't know it was my future husband that was calling. And I never thought I'd get married. And so uh, he called back a year later and talked to the head of personnel who he had talked to before. And he said, Mr. Stivers, I don't know if you remember me or not. I applied for a job about a year ago. I'm still interested in working for your company. And so then Bill came over to me. And he said, do you remember that kid that was here a year ago? And I go, yeah, whatever. <laughs> he goes, Phyllis, he can type. And I go, for him, because at the time we were desperate, desperately short. So we hired my future husband. And I still, because we were so busy at the time, I didn't pay any attention to him. I was just doing my work and he was doing his thing. And But then I noticed that he all kinds of things started working at the company. Like we had these equipped, this was before personal computers. We had IBM office system six equipment, big printers uh, connected to word processing machines. And so all of a sudden they were just running. And of course I was trying to train our typists. Now you, when you type, it goes into memory and you can, store the information and get it back. You don't have to retype it. And they were having trouble with that concept. But my future husband, he was just able to figure out how to make the equipment work without even talking to me about it. I go, Glenn, how did you do that? And he goes, well, it's really quite simple. And then I go, simple for you, but not for others. And then that might be the first time that I ever actually looked at him and noticed him. So it turns out that my husband is a genius and he is also has one of those memories that he remembers everything and he reads manuals, but he can then remember everything that he read. You could ask him for original DOS code right now and he would be able to tell you everything about it. So anyway, and we got married when he was 21. So I got married in 1984. Okay. We're happily married and we've been together ever since. He's now the COO and CIO of my company Mueller Worldwide Incorporated. And we're a business to business lead generation firm for companies. And that's what we do for a living. We're not retired. We work hard every day. And you know, when you're self-employed, it's an opportunity to work seven days a week, yeah. 365 days a year. So then we're running our business and living in Orange County. And I you know, I've, I got golden retrievers in 1985 or four, 80, I got three and then they passed away and I got three more. And when I got those three more, all three of them got cancer at the age of nine and two died immediately. And I thought the other one was going to die immediately. And I was so distraught. I told my husband, the only way I'm going to survive this is to get six dogs and we're going to need a bigger place. And so we started looking around <laughs> and to make a long story short, uh, we ended up uh, moving to Idlewild, California in 2012. And so when we did that, my one dog, I had one dog surviving uh, from that cancer and he, it was, it's unheard of that he lived for three years cancer, but he, so we moved to town and right when we moved to town.
And the first time I had heard about this was when the local newspaper had an article about it. And so I said, Phyllis, get a load of this. And I just sent it to her an email. And she said, oh, I am so all over this. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. I, I just knew immediately. The minute I heard about it, I thought, what an amazing idea, because I saw it as an opportunity to be the mayor of Idlewild. But the dog would be the mayor, but if you wanted to know what he was thinking, <laughs> you'd have to ask the chief of staff. And both my husband and myself are the chiefs of staff for the mayor. Election was bought. Well, of course it was bought. It was a dollar a vote, if I remember correctly. Uh, and it was, you know, you can put in your own money, you can put in other people's money, garner donations, and, and it was, you know, but it was all for the benefit of the animal rescue. The local animal rescue up here decided to have a fundraising yeah. election where you paid a dollar a vote to elect Idlewild's first mayor. But you couldn't run yourself. You could run your pet only, your dog or your cat. And you had to live in the, in the voting area of Idlewild, which included Pine Cove Mountain Center and Fern Valley. And so I told my husband, we're going to win that election. And then my dog, Mayor Max, to another level. Like what? When, you, when you took it to another level, 13, 14 dogs were in the race, I think two cats. Yeah. But you, Four, mm -hmm. you took it to another level because you yeah. know, the other people were maybe just having like an eight by 10 and passing yeah. flyers or. Yeah. Taping it to a post. But. Yes, and so, yeah, 14 dogs and two cats ran. I went after the election because I realized, I realized something the minute I heard about it. Becoming the mayor of a town is quite an honor. And, of course, the dog would be the mayor, but I would be the voice of the mayor. So I recognize it basically makes me the mayor. But I could create anything that I wanted. And I went after it because it was a way to create a non-political, non-partisan, fun mayoral office that would only do kind and loving things for people and be fun to do. And yet it'd be a tremendous honor. And so I, I went after it. So we generated more votes than anyone in the community, but I also wrote a $20,000 check to Animal Rescue. And that secured our position, although I didn't know it at the time because uh, at the time, there was a competitor I had in the race that was went into the rescue group and asked them, how much would it cost to buy the election? And <laughs> I uh, and I uh, so we researched them and we found out that they were totally wealthy, whereas my husband and I work for a living and pretty much spend what we make. So we're like working people. Right. And so the I go, oh, no. They could write a check for $100,000 or a million and not even blink. And so I looked at it and I go, what's the most I'm willing to write a check for and lose? How far can I go? Because was this a little bit before social media in a way? Like, no, obviously... social media, I was a novice to it, but social media was still going on. Uh, but that's how I learned about social media myself, because I never had done one thing in my life. I wasn't on anything. I didn't know about anything. But now social media was going on. And um, and so and I, I didn't do any social media to promote. That's right. The mayor. Yeah. I got into that afterwards when somebody okay. suggested I should be on Facebook. And I go, what's that? You know, <laughs> yeah. so. So anyway, um, she. Uh, so anyway, my competitor uh, only wrote a check for a thousand dollars. And of course, I didn't find that out until after the election. But. Anyway, we won that election and we, but I realized I was going to take it up to a, 
a new level of, you know, creating a real mayor's office for Idlewild, which I've done. And we do all kinds of things to help the community and everything. Anyway, long story short, what really mainly triggered our move was the death of my dog. You know, when one of them dies, it, it kills me. It, it just, you know, in fact, when Mayor Max II died on July 30 this past yeah. year, um, I, um, I thought I would die, but I felt like I might be just going with him. I was so distraught. But the only way that I've survived the death of my pets is to get more. And I do believe our animals come back to us because I've experienced that where like my dog Mitzi, I think I've had her three times. And, Hmm? you know, so anyway, I think they come back and uh, if you get another pet, some people are so sad when their animals die, they never get another dog because they don't want to experience that again. But that's a mistake because the joy you have oh, yeah. when they are alive is greater than what you experience when they die, although it doesn't feel like it at the time. You know, uh, my friend has a dog, uh, a golden doodle, and that dog is 14 years old. So if something yeah. to that dog next year or whenever, yeah. the dog has lived a good life. You know, like yeah. you know, my brother, you know, when I was 18, he was 36 and he passed away. So you're not supposed to pass away, you know, at 36. No. Devastating, right? It's like, yeah. but if somebody, you know, my dad passed away and he was like in his 90s, but he lived a long life, you know? Yeah. So it, it's, different. You know, it's sad, but it's not as sad as somebody, you know, something happens with a dog yeah. after two years. Yeah. Surviving dog, was that the original <laughs> Max then? Yes, of the three that got cancer. Yes. Mayor Max the first lived with it for three years and two months. And yeah. then it killed him. Yeah. And so he had been, he was the mayor for nine months. He got a two-year term in office. And yeah. when he died after nine months of that two-year term, I went to the rescue and told them my plan to get three more dogs. And I'd like to finish with my new dogs, the mayor's second year in office, they said, okay. At the end of two years, they decided to have another election. But the town came forward and recommended, because we'd done such a great job being yeah, the mayor, done- Phyllis and her dogs are mayor for life. That's nice. Until yeah. you want to maybe retire and then maybe your legacy, maybe somebody will step up and... You know, someone they will- won't. I'll tell you why they won't. <laughs> uh, my, my husband and I, invest over $100,000 a year in running a free mayor's office for Idlewild from our own personal income, which pretty much wipes us out financially every year. We do so much work for the community and give so much to the community, and we don't ask them for anything back. And I, I don't know anybody that's like been like that, no matter how much money I've ever made. I've always given the majority of my income to help people and devoted that income to charities and that kind of thing. With Mayor Max, we do provide the calendar that you saw in that movie. So every year I do a calendar for the community and for the Mayor Max friends around the world. The first year in 2014, I did 3,500, and then I've been increasing the numbers every year. So this last year I did 7,500. And that initiative has grown so much that this year, the calendars that we give away for free it cost us $52,200 to do wow. 10000 And we mail the, them around the globe. And yeah, because so, in the movie, I think at that time, I think the year before you did 3,500 calendars. Yeah. And when that movie came out, I believe it was six years ago, 
you were yeah. around the seven thousand. Yes, mark. and then I've 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 had to cap it for the past four years at ten thousand because I just didn't have any more money. And one of the things that happened that's killing me is that. Since COVID happened, it doubled the price of printing. I used to be able to print 10,000 calendars for $18,000. This year, it was close to $30,000 just for the printing. And the postage was $14,000. The envelopes were uh, $3,000. And then there's other costs that go into some uh, design fees and things like that. And so altogether, this year, so far... It's $52,200. And so there, I don't know anybody that just gives that way. A hundred millionaire writing a hundred thousand dollar check every year is no big right. deal. But when you're, when, <laughs> when the hundred thousand exceeds my gross personal income, and fortunately my husband and I are both working, people don't do that, but we are doing that. And it's a fact I can prove to anybody <laughs> by showing you your our tax return yeah. but the thing is that it's for me it's a labor of love and i wish i could get that calendar in the hands of uh, everybody on the planet and the reason is is that um i believe that each individual on the planet has a role in the ability to create peace on earth there's something you can do about it every single day yeah. and in my calendar i cover that and I believe positive energy leads towards life, increased survival and well-being for every individual on the planet. Negative energy that people like to seem to do and are seduced by uh, leads towards death. And so what I do with my calendar and every outreach that we do, every, every contact that we have, I communicate, you know, that positive energy leads towards life. And I hand them that calendar and I ask them to read it. And I've received thousands of communications from around the world, hundreds of thousands, actually, of people thanking me for our positive message and helping them and that and letting me know that we have increased their ability to survive and their well-being and happiness of their life. And I get those communications every single day. And so, you know, it was free. I thought maybe it could be like a fundraising for, you know, like the animal. Like yeah, I mean, it could ARF. be, but yeah, it's free. It's my gift to the world, my gift to the community. And I could sell them. And, and this year I did ask for voluntary donations, but I can tell you this historically. You can help with the shipping, especially like an international. Yeah, right. Hang on a second here. This would be a, uh, my husband will get that phone. <clears throat> okay, good. <laughs> so the thing is that this year I asked for voluntary donations. I did last year too. So I distribute 10,000 every year now, okay? And last year, of the 10,000 I distributed, 200 people made a voluntary donation and they set their own amount that right. averaged $26 per calendar input to this year, okay? So this year, it's running about the same. And so even, so when you ask for a voluntary donation of, to 10,000 people, uh, uh, two or 300 will donate. That's it. I'm sorry to say it, but it doesn't matter because I give it as a gift and I wouldn't even be asking for donations if I could afford it, but because yeah. it's now grown so big and because of COVID, it, it jumps so high in the pricing that, and that makes no sense what printing has to do with COVID to me, but at the same time, it's a reality and everybody's experiencing it with inflation 
And so the thing is that now it, it, it is a little bit painful for us every year. <laughs> so yeah. I may turn my attention this year toward seeing if I can make Mayor Max fund itself through maybe developing some merchandising in town of some apparel or baseball caps or people ask for t-shirts the most often and um, doing a few other things. And uh, next year I may, I know that I'll still give them away for free in Idlewild, but I may just say, Hey, if you, if I have to mail it to you, you now just go online and pay for it. And that'll save me, but that'll save a lot in postage. I mean, just, it'll, that'll be a $14,000 postage savings right there text me your address i'll send it to you when you read the content it's not just a calendar it's got it's a 44 page calendar it has over 10,000 words of content and it's a full 12 month calendar and so you know there's my calendar when you read a calendar and you can go online and read them all at mayormax.com and just click on the calendar link and i have them all there since 2014 but you'll see that it's full of messaging. <laughs> well, I was thinking so, like what would be good too is like um, some people might want like wallpaper for their laptop or their computer. So each month, if it was that wallpaper photo, but it's the, it's that month's calendar, right? With the days. And yeah. That would be a neat little thing because that would be free to send out. People could download it or that photo could be emailed. It, uh, physical calendars are great too, but. For somebody too, like that could go all around the world is they're just using your wallpaper too. Yeah, that's a cute idea. And I do mail all around the world, but there are, you know, 8 billion people on the planet now. So, you know, only a few thousand get the calendar every year, but electronically we do make it available. It is downloadable and we have it downloadable in two formats and uh, that's been forever And we, uh, you know, so there's a lot more we could be doing, believe me. But I have a, I own my own company. It's more than a full-time job to run this company and and to do what we do. And Mayor Max is also a full-time job. My regular job is what enables me to afford my second job. And I, I, every minute of the day is taken up for me. But if I ever got it to the point where I could convert my business full-time job to Mayor Max, I would, because I'm going for peace on earth in this lifetime. And I believe that we, the people can create it if we stop being bad. Okay. And most of us don't even realize that we're being bad when we're doing it. So when we're mean and critical and bashing people on social media or unkind to our neighbors or try to get even that kind of thing we are creating the opposite of peace on earth but i ask everybody to act like a to do the best that they can to act like a living angel on earth and that's how we can create peace on earth and so i'm going for it we need a couple billion uh living angels on earth to create peace on earth absolutely pay it forward spread positivity Take care of each other. Look out for other people. That's right. If everyone did that, the world would be a different place. There's a lot of great people in the world too. But But, by the way, I watch the Super Bowl every year. I'm not. I love sports, but I don't have time to do sports or 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 to watch them. But I always watch the World Series and I always watch the Super Bowl. So at the Super Bowl, they had a commercial, and it it showed a whole bunch of images 
of kind of negative energy images of people looking angry and fighting or whatever. And I couldn't even really tell what I was seeing because the pictures moved kind of quickly and I, I wasn't wearing my glasses, but I saw kind of what it was. And then it's, then it said, the people you hate, Jesus loves, he fully gets you and he loves you. Now I thought that was a wonderful message because one of the reasons, and I'm not uh, espousing religion here because I believe religion is personal, like politics and that kind of thing. Yeah. And everybody should make their own decisions on that. And that's fine. But what I liked about that message and what I say in the calendar is don't take the bait on hate. And when I'm finding that I'm wanting to hate or be mean or whatever, the difference between me and why I consider myself a true living angel on earth and other people and many other people, but not all, but is that I'm aware when I am being and feeling angry or hateful, that it is my job to convert my negative energy into positive loving energy and not to communicate and get even until I can do it. So I have, uh, and the reason that I believe animals should have the same rights as humans is that I'm able to put myself into the feet and the shoes and the hooves and of, mm -hmm. of any living creature, even an ant. And would I want to be slaughtered and eaten? No. Uh, would I? So the thing is that would I want somebody to hate me and and flow negative energy to me. No. So therefore I don't want to do it to others, but that doesn't mean that I can't feel it, but it does mean that I have a choice to not act on it and to wait until I can convert my heart to a loving heart. And one time I was so mad, and this happened actually a couple of years ago. Right. I got so mad at somebody. It took me about three weeks before I could convert my heart to a loving heart. And, you know, and say something and handle something in a positive way rather than a way that creates more harm. Right. And so that's what I ask people to do. It's not easy. I mean, love is easy when it's easy, like the little granddaughter, niece or whatever. <laughs> when things are going fine, love is natural and positive energy is natural. But the trick is when it's hard and somebody does something bad to you and wants to get even with you and or you did something maybe even unintentionally that made somebody right. angry, you know, the trick is work on it when it's difficult. So we ask people to use love as the basis for everything they think, do, and say, including when it's difficult and nearly impossible to do. And we don't expect anybody to be perfect, but the minute that you try to be good, it becomes easier to be good. For people and animals all over town, Max traveled in service up mountain and down. Each place he would go, he would bring so much joy. The people agreed that he was a good boy. He's Max, the mayor of Idlewild. Canine wisdom is his style. Scratch his head for a doggy smile. He's Max, the mayor of Idlewild. You know, one of the things that came up over the years is that people loved our style of politics so much. They would ask us if Mayor Max could run for president. And I'd actually have to explain to them that, well, he's a dog. And he's 
not going to be 35 years old in human years. And it's probably just that would never work. But I appreciate your kind sentiment because what you're really saying is that you're frustrated with politics the way that it is and you love our style because we only do kind and loving things for people. And so I started thinking about it. And I go, you know what? I'm going to write the book, Mayor Max, if I were president. And, you know, and I've been saying be an interesting for- book. Yes, it would be. And and that would be where I would come out and say, well, what what would we do if Max were president? I'd be his voice. What would I do? What would I do to create peace on earth and well-being for every individual on the planet? And that's what it's going to cover. And yeah, it's so like you it's like, you know, you wanted to obviously, you know, you put your dog in the contest and then you took it seriously. But you also wanted to make change in your community. Yes. And it's, but, but that's something that you wanted to do. It's not that you just, not that you wanted to just win a contest and then, you know, you have an award type of thing. You wanted to spread that pos, you know, that positivity and just to sort of cheer somebody up, you know, even like in that movie, you know, if somebody was having a bad day, if somebody was sick or hurt, you know, Mayor Max would go visit them in the hospital, maybe go visit them at their house because in that little, you know, everybody smiles when they see a dog. Even been, you know, to hospice organizations and uh, yeah. hospitals and that kind of stuff. But when Mayor Max is there lying on the bed and they're petting them, they, in that moment, in those moments, they actually <laughs> do experience joy. You can, you know, I'm sorry about that. Wait. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to say this over. Me. So I'm going to say it over. In, in, in the experience of meeting with someone who's dying, Miramax can create joy, even in that situation where life is miserable and there's no positive outcome t- to it. But you can create some moments of true pleasure, even in that yes. situation. Yes. And Thanks, I find that, you know, a wonderful thing to do. It is. It's, you know, uh, dogs can be very calming. They can give you peace. They can give you serenity. I mean, you know, dogs and cats and, and tons of animals. And it's, yes. oh, it's, it's, it's important. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, you live in a, in a cute little place and, and, I mean, obviously, you know, even just there's the hikers, right? Like, obviously, a lot of hikers know about Mayor Max because he's sort of like this stop on the Pacific Crest. You know, it's kind of early on. Yeah, we see thousands of them every year. Oh, my goodness. And the popularity of the PCT has grown so much over the past eight years. Forget about COVID, but, you know, like there's a lot more Pacific Crest Trail on YouTube and Instagram and and Facebook and yeah. people sharing their hikes. So a lot, so many people want to hike it, but what's it like to, to live in Idlewild where you're in this, you know, hikers like to come in. It's a nice little place. You know, yes, you gotta, we gotta get some groceries and for the next stretch, but we also might want to have a burger or an ice cream or a milkshake yeah. or a beer or whatever, you know, what's it, what's it like to be in a trail community where it's into- fun. You know, the thing about living in Idlewild is that, you know, it's a small, it's a relatively small community. Let's just say it's a community of about 5,000 people. You get to know everybody at a certain level. You might not know their name, but you see them over and over again because you have to do your own trash delivery to the transfer station and you're yeah. going, you're all going <laughs> to the same post office 
and you, you mail's not delivered to your home. So you run into people at the grocery store. People go to the grocery store in their pajamas. I mean, it's like a big family. But when the hikers come through, it's extra fun because, you know, they're all upbeat and pretty happy and they're extroverted because they're doing what they're doing. And then they all love to see Mayor Max. And then one of our trail angels out here, who's known as uh, by the trail name of Grumpy and our trail angel name. And well, he tells everybody grumpy. about us. Yeah. And so uh, we end up seeing thousands of hikers. I think we get four or 5,000 hikers through every year. And we, uh, uh, we see a couple thousand at least if they stop by. Uh, then we go and meet them at either where they're staying or we get them coordinated for regular thing. Or sometimes they come to our house if the meeting times don't work out. And we've also uh, had hikers stay with us at the house overnight and that kind of thing, like they got caught in bad weather and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so it's a lot of fun. They're fun. It's a fun time. It, it mostly goes on from uh, March through June and, you know, and, but it gets real dense at a certain point where there's just tons, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, I think that living in a, Mountain community is different than living in the city. When I lived in the city, I didn't know my neighbors. <laughs> yeah. I knew them a little bit, um, but not much. And I didn't do much for the community. Now that I live in Idlewild, you know, everybody knows us. Uh, we know them at some level and we're totally involved in the community constantly, you know, doing things and out there and that. And we live a life of service, you know, giving service to others. Because I know. guess there's Idlewild. Pine Cove and Fern Valley, those are and, guess, are the three. And Mountain Center. And Mountain Center. And I guess when I think of Mountain Center, that's more near Paradise Cafe, maybe? Yeah, Mountain Center goes from uh, Paradise Cafe and a little bit further down toward the desert and then all the way to Idlewild itself. And so Mountain Center is kind of a, it's a small population, but a larger geography than the others. Pine Cove is uh, got a higher population, but a smaller footprint. And Fern Valley is a small number, but a smaller footprint as well. But um, anyway, where Mountain Center has, a, you know, a small population, but Which, it's got more, you know, like I live where I live, you have to have at least five acres. And but in Idlewild, the, there are many places where the houses are real close to each other. But okay. out where I live, you have to have a little more space. And it's real beautiful. It, How many it's minutes beautiful. are away from like, the little downtown part? How many I, Where I drive? live, um, I'm uh, 21 minutes from downtown Idlewild. But parts of Mountain Center are only six minutes from downtown Idlewild. Where would you guys go? Like, let's say you had to go into, like, a, a bigger town for some services or do a really big grocery shop or whatever. What, where would you go if you needed more of a bigger city? Oh, or town? Yeah. Uh, I either, uh, there's three places I go to and there's three ways to get out out of wild, <laughs> but I mostly go to Temecula myself uh, because I like an organic grocery store that they have. there called organic roots. Okay. And I used to live in Temecula for two years before I came to out of wild, but I also go to the desert. And they have a, uh, a vegan restaurant there that I like called Chef Tanya's Kitchen. <laughs> mm. But they also have an Italian restaurant I like. So sometimes I go down to Palm Desert 
and that is about the same distance as Temecula. It's a little bit closer, but the drive is a little more mountainous. And then the other t- the other place I go is Hemet. People go for high school, I guess. They go there to get busted. Yes, that's right. It's funny because I might look at Google Maps and I sort of zoom in on Idlewild and you're just expecting to see roads and lots of... He- like, it's you got to zoom in to really see stuff because it's... No, um, it's, it's you know small. I mean? it's, it's, a, it's a small town. We don't have any traffic small. lights. <laughs> exactly. And then yeah. sometimes people just sort of think like, oh my goodness, there's the dog, the mayor. Like, who runs... Who runs everything? I mean, I you know, I guess it, Riverside County Board of Supervisors. You know, I guess they look after Fern Valley, Idlewild, Pine Cove, in and Mountain Center. Yeah, politicians are at a county level, but one of the things that happens in the community that doesn't really happen in the cities as much, at least from my experience, uh, is that in a small town, we take care of our town more than other places in the city. Like we have all kinds of committees and groups that. Uh, step up like for example our sequoias were dying because they're not indigenous to our area and when i got to town i saw that and i started the save the sequoia and then uh and then that's still but it's handled by someone else but i started it and so in a small community when something needs to be done we have so many groups and um, this year we're putting together a list of all of them, but we haven't finished that at all. But uh, to, because there's hundreds of them, and so there are groups of people in our town that some of them participate in five, ten, or fifteen groups, and we take better care of our community, sure. and we're more directly involved because we know each other and we go, "Hey, that's a problem. What are we going to do about it?" And so you know that happens a lot more in a small community. That's one of the reasons I I love it. Now, the downside of living in a small community, so it's two sides of, you know, it's got two sides of the coin. There's a wonderful community, family nature of it, and we take more responsibility and we do more. But the downside is that everything that happens, everybody knows about it. So, for example, (laughs) um, I was getting a ticket because I was talking on my uh, cell phone. Yeah. And, a, and a policeman pulled me over right as you enter town. But nobody knew I, what I was getting a ticket for. And I thought, oh, my God. And so I jumped out of my car and tried to pull the Miramax car magnets off my car so people wouldn't know it was me yeah, getting you're gonna, a ticket. Yeah, you're going to be on TMZ or whatever. Yeah. And so by the time, it was, literally in 15 seconds, my phone rang where somebody said, hey, Phyllis, I see you're getting a ticket. Okay. <laughs> and so, you know, the thing is that, you're ever you know the, you know don't get caught tinkling in public or something of course i've never done that but i'm just saying you know in a small town sure. whatever happens okay uh everybody's with gonna phones, know about it. Yeah, you'll get a pic there'll be a picture of you tinkling or they'll even be yeah ex- it could happen it could happen and then they get but the thing is that everybody knows everybody's business and so i know this one lady and she said she said she didn't date anybody in idlewild because if she slept with every at somebody in idlewild everyone would know <laughs> well it's like iceland i guess in iceland it's sort of like all the younger people they all have kissed everyone like it's so hard to kiss someone you, you know, that's out. Yeah. I guess if you're a tourist, you should go to Iceland. Everybody wants to kiss you because you're new. But yeah. What's it like living in Idlewild in the wintertime? Is it hard? No. I guess a... there's no skiing, right? I mean, Idlewild. No, has a, no, uh, it's not. Climbing We're... and hiking. 
we're not at that high of an altitude to get that much snow. We we get like this year we've had a little bit of snow, but it's very little. It's just been a dusting or just a couple of inches. It melts immediately. When I first moved out of wild, let's say 12 or 13 years ago now, you know, we had a couple of good snowstorms or I had like 18 inches of snow. At, but I lived in Pine Cove, which is at 6,500 feet altitude. But out of wild is only 52 and Mountain Center is 40, and Mountain Center is 46. Okay. Uh, and so 4,600. And so we don't really get that much snow. But and when you do, you can see it because from wherever you are, you can see the mountains. And if there's snow on the top of the mountains, we'll have a little snow. But it's it's very mild, and so it it can get colder though. So you know, it might be forty degrees in the day quite often. In fact, right now my thermometer says it's fifty degrees, so that's warm. You hardly need a coat. And uh, but we can get cold weather. One of the reasons we wanted to move here so we would have a little more adventure with weather. What's it like yeah. for businesses? Like, obviously, Idlewild must be very popular in the summer, even just with people wanting to kind of come for a drive and get up there. <clears throat> it's uh, popular all year long. They want to come all the time. <laughs> okay, so and, yeah. do some businesses sometimes close down in the winter a no I, no i haven't heard of anybody closing for the winter when but what i did when i first heard about the mayor's office i thought okay well if i'm going to be the mayor you know my dog and uh what kind of mayor's office what's needed and wanted before the election i interviewed the business owners in Ottawa about and they said we need more business in town because they were struggling they were busy on some weekends or holidays, but the sure. rest of the year was kind of dead. And so I started promoting Idlewild as one of the services of the mayor's office. And I've been doing that ever since. And the town is flourishing. And uh, all the business owners are very appreciative of what we've done with Mayor Max and promoting the town and bringing more people to town. And that just goes on now. So it's pretty much, you know, it's, it's, nice. it's good now. So yeah. Earlier we were talking about there's PCT hikers and that kind of stuff. And yes. if what kind of advice could you, I think overall people are very like PCT hikers are good people. Like yeah. They don't, you know, like leave no trace, help out yeah. you know, people. I mean, sometimes, you know, I guess you could get some bad apples or, you know, sometimes uh, some the majority, like I'm 51, you know, and the, a lot of PCT hikers could be, I call them kids. You yeah, know, they are. They, they're young. Mm -hmm. They could be, let's 18. say their their average age could be somewhere like 20 to 26. So sometimes yeah. when you're young, yeah, you know, you're louder. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when I was a little kid, you know, we were nice on the bus because maybe there'd be some old ladies on the bus. So yeah. we would watch what we were saying because yeah. we'd be respectful of the old ladies on the bus. Yeah. But I find sometimes kids are more louder. But if you could give any advice to any PCT hikers of just to sort of um, fit in more, not that they don't, not that they need help or anything, but just yeah, what, I could, they, what I know. could they do to help? Yeah. Like what so, could they do to help? Well, the only thing I've ever heard anybody ever complain about in Idlewild, uh, and not related to PCT hikers, but just uh, visitors in general, which could include them, sure. is that when when people are staying, let's say, at an Airbnb and they have a party, if they're loud and obnoxious at sure. the, and having a party all night long, that's going to 
make the locals, you know, that are near that house to be upset about that. Yes. And so that happens, but that happens, um, you know, with, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be PCT hikers. In fact, I've never heard of that pertinent to PCT hikers, but I have heard of it pertinent to people who are visiting. And so, sure. you yeah, know, especially Airbnbs. Yeah, and... they are. And so that's probably, and that's the only reason I think people complain about Airbnbs. Cause I know like, for example, the Airbnb market, or the visitor market is actually a business boom for, you know, businesses because a lot of people come and they shop. Now a PCT hiker is going to be more of a business boom for a grocery store and a, uh, you know, a restaurant that can, and, a, and lodging, yeah. but they're not necessarily shopping to add weight to their packs, but they might be shopping to send some things home. But more tourists are shoppers and that kind of thing. And so it just depends. There's a business advantage to every type of group that comes up, truthfully. Uh, because even if they just came up to play in the snow, they still then go to a restaurant and that kind of thing. So there's always a business advantage to visitors. But overall, I've never ever heard a single you know, general complaint about hikers being problems because they're not. And so, or if they were, I've never heard of it and I've been around long enough. Yeah. But at the same time, I do know if somebody gets out of line and they're making a lot of racket and let's say you're right next door. Maybe to they somebody drank, who's, maybe they, they drank yeah, a little too much. They're 85 years old and they're trying to rest and maybe they have health. You know, it's like, you know, we have all kinds. I mean, we have people, you know, obviously that live here all year long, like myself, but then we have people where Idlewild is a second home for them. And right. so they're like up a, they on, could be their weekend home. Yeah, you they, know? It, right. They come here to get away for the weekend. And then there's like two parties going on next door and they didn't get any sleep, you know? So that's my only overall thing. Uh, I've never really heard a complaint about that pertinent to PCT hikers, but overall, it's something to pay attention to. And uh, that would be my only suggestion. And then in terms of hiking in general, though, I have a couple of suggestions. Um, sure. I do notice that there are hikers that get on the road without having done any conditioning uh, to be prepared for what they're going to go through on a hike. And so by the time they get to Idlewild, let's say after about 11 days, some of them are suffering terribly. And they're suffering with yeah. Heat. Maybe they're going too, too many, too yeah, too many yeah. miles in the day. Like we're too many miles, too many big blisters. Tried to walk on it, or they're suffering. Now it's not all of them, because you know, but it does happen to them. So my my word of advice for the hikers is: make sure you've done some conditioning with your shoes and your gear and the weight of your pack, so that you can handle what you're about to go through and enjoy it instead of suffer through the yeah. hike your body and, will suffer a little bit because it's gonna you know yeah, day uh, after day. revolt it's, a little bit of like hey what are you doing to me why are we walking? yeah yes exactly but to come onto it cold with no prep you know that's going to be tough and so uh, that's my one thing another thing is that sometimes people have not made preparations or taken into consideration enough the amount of water that they will need to get through the hike Maybe they're depending on 
a trail angel for water or they yeah. think there's going to be water, that kind of thing. They may not be out there with enough water. So we are airlifting people out due to heat exhaustion, that kind of thing. So yeah, so, I've seen a lot know. of, uh, a lot of like news articles on that. And yeah. it's hard because the resources for that, you just even like the Riverside yeah. mountain rescue, you know, and just like the cost to, you know, yeah. send a chopper is yeah. crazy. Yeah. And so, you know, there's that. And then, of course, you want to, they, they, everybody knows these things, but I'm just mentioning things that come yeah. to mind. And um, you do really want to be careful out here uh, about well, well, coming out of paradise. Like I had Doug Layer, right? So, Doug Layer, he's the father of Trevor Layer, who slipped and fell yes. in Apache Peak yes. 2020. Yes. And so, I mean, uh, so obviously, Doug's come on our podcast, and I'm going to, probably record with doug in an hour and we're gonna i'm gonna re-release his episode and he's gonna just give a little thing but you know the whole thing about like trevor's micro spikes i don't know if you heard of it but there's the little gear shop in idlewild and i think the lady lives near paradise cafe uh -huh. that might run it or a manager and so people that do the the micro spikes you know they can order the micro spikes and then she'll go deliver them down to paradise cafe so that when they leave paradise cafe on the trail heading towards Idlewild, it's um, because obviously they, you go up in an elevation and yeah. to some people they might not have that experience or maybe just the conditions up yeah. there. Like it's okay to go around, you know, it's okay yeah. to go around um, and also make sure that you have the proper, you know, uh, whether it's an ice axe for that section because or yeah. micro spikes because you know you probably maybe going to use that for mount like San yeah. Jacinto right especially after Idlewild right we still have snow and ice on the ground for, especially for people who are starting in March and April and so that it's very dangerous they definitely have to have the proper gear or yeah. don't do that section you know and so yeah, we lose people too. You know, it's it's sad. I, I'm really was sorry to hear about when that happened, and you know, I know it's devastating to lose a child. We in our family, uh, we had uh, one of the sons, and you know, die early, and it just you know, it just ruins the lives of people for years and for some forever. And so the care, you know, the the caution. It, to be careful, you know, and, and the thing I want to say about rattlesnakes is that most people are bit because they weren't looking. They sat down and put their hand right by a rattler. Or, or they, hopefully, they, yeah, they, maybe they're holding their phone and they want to get a, a close-up, you know, video of one, you know. Well, that's a mistake, you know, that, that just zoom in, but don't get close because they can jump and they can, they can move quickly. So you want to be careful, and they're out there because sometimes by the time they get to Idlewild, I ask them, "Do you see any snakes?" And they'll say, "Yeah, I saw three. I saw three rattlers." You know, just between San Diego and Idlewild, they, you know, so they're out there in the summer. They're out there in droves. Definitely yeah. good advice. And then, like I said, when they come into Idlewild, you know, be respectful. Yeah. Try to pass your money to some other businesses too, like you know. Uh, you know, I mean, sometimes you get good food in one place and you want to go there for three meals a day. One thing about Idlewild, for a small community, we have like 30 eating establishments and they're all good. There's not one bad one. And they and then we have grocery stores. We have two grocery stores and then we have several markets. 
we food wise you're in heaven when you get to Idlewild. Yeah. And any they they spend money when they come because they gotta restock. So wherever they go, it's gonna be a benefit. Julian Those and are, Idlewild are the two places that people fall in love with yeah. Yeah, early Julian, on, on the trail. Yeah. Julian's fun too. And the reason Julian's fun is that well, it's it doesn't have nearly as much, but uh, you know, but it's beautiful. And it's the first really good pit stop when you're on the hike. So, and it's fun. And, you know, I, when, before we moved out of wild, we signed a place um, to move to Julian. And then what it, it, what happened was uh, after we signed the lease and we had it for a couple days, somebody wanted the place and they were willing to pay like a thousand more a month. And then the landlord just called me and he said, you know, I really don't want to rent to you now because I can make more money with these other people. <laughs> and so I said, okay, we'll cancel our lease then and go ahead. Cause I didn't want to be the renter that he didn't want to have. And so then I told my husband, well, let's check out Idlewild. And so that's how we ended up in Idlewild. <laughs> I'm excited. would have been in Julian. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited because like early on when I, you know, I created a, an Instagram, you know, for our PCT hike, even though it was, you know, still at that time, probably four years down the road or three years. But there was a gentleman from San Diego who has a little place in Idlewild. It's kind of like, you know, it's like their summer home or their weekend home, their uh -huh. teachers. And they're from San Diego. His name's Mike. Mm -hmm. He reached out to me and he was like, when you come up to Idlewild, you come stay at our place for two days and just rest. And I'm like, oh, that's really sweet of you. I mean, my daughter will, because my daughter just wants to meet Max. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, okay, great. Yeah. And then Mike's, you know, offering that we could stay at his place. It's like, that's sweet. I mean, we would, we would be happy to pitch a tent in someone's backyard. Like, sure. I, it's nice for me to have a coffee, like a nice coffee or something yeah. like that. But, uh, I'm super excited, and I appreciate your time because it's it's birthday weekend too. Yeah, it's okay. It's good. Yeah, we're not going out, so we have time. And because I still have pneumonia, and yeah, um, where I'm still laying low. I guess let's backtrack. So yeah, the, there's obviously Mayor Max the second, right? And so yeah, obviously something from the sounds of it was sort of like you know more sudden, unexpected you know yeah. happened but let's say before he, before that happened and he was healthy what was your standard because obviously you're running on full cylinders you have an older mayor now you have like a young mayor right so we'll talk yeah. about the young mayor but when you had that older more distinguished mayor what was like the typical week like like what what what's it like yeah. during the mid like the monday to friday yeah and maybe, i can tell you maybe what's the weekends like but yeah. just for your schedule we not only go downtown every day, we sometimes for the mayor go down two and three times a day. These are the deputies and this is the actual mayor. Oh and he wants to know if you'd like to have a picture with him with his cowboy hat on or off. He can get a bit crazy just because they all want to see him and they want to see him quickly. But it's also been times when it's been impressive because it's been a queue, a lineup of people waiting to see the mayor. So they're all in a lineup, 30, 40 people waiting just to get a picture with the mayor. We're going to do the pose again? You ready? Here we go, buddy. Here we go. Do the pose. Ready? There you go. You're amazing. Yeah. So we, with Mayor Max, we were going downtown seven days a week, 365 days a year. Uh, we might miss a day once in a while, but mostly not. Uh, Monday through Friday, we were downtown at four on weekends at two. We also did other, we also continue uh, to do other private events. Uh, we do a lot of 
uh, weddings, uh, parties, birthday parties, bachelorette, um, anniversaries, that kind of thing. We also do special events, business grand openings or business promotion events. Sure, um, parades. And so, yeah, we do the, the parades and we do tree lighting, that kind of thing. So we do hundreds of events a year as well, private and some are just community events. And then we we do other uh, private kind of visits, like a hospice or school visit would be just something separate. Yeah. And um, and so that was the schedule. The thing about Max as a senior dog, first of all, he never showed a sign of illness or pain of well, any kind. Well, he wasn't kind. like super senior, though. How old was no, he? No, no, he was at middle age. He was yeah. a nine years old. Um, that made him 63 or so years. <laughs> But he was still with the golden retriever. He was still like a puppy. Yeah. And so the he was fine. He never showed any sign of any illness or anything. What happened on the morning of July 30, when I get up, he he gets up when I get up because then I go downstairs. He I let him out. I feed the dogs. That kind of thing. And so and, oh, I'm going to interrupt you. So at that time, you also have Mikey and Mitzi. Yeah. And we take them out in two different cars. We have two what we call mare mobiles. Uh, one is a truck, one is a Durango. We take the three dogs, uh, Max is in the other, and then we go downtown and we open up the vehicles and uh, Max poses, everybody poses for pictures and I'm the photographer. And... Yes, he's amazing. He loves it when you clap and say yay. Yay! You're amazing, Max! Look up! And now here we're going to multitask. We're going to do the regular mayoral, the Pledge of Allegiance, and the cowboy hat pose all at once. Ready? One, two, three. Close your mouth all the way. You're amazing! Yay! Okay, I brought um, everybody a little mini-me, okay? You get a mini-me. There you go. Here you go. That's for you, hon. This is for you. This is for you. Uh, you're welcome. Anytime you come to Wild, call me in the morning. Let me know what time you're coming. I bring out the mayor and the deputies to greet you. So it's one of the services we do as the, uh, as the office of the mayor. One thing you got to watch out for is you don't want to have an ice cream cone around him too close because he'll take it. <laughs> he likes vanilla ice cream cones. So. You know, and Max was very good at posing for pictures. And so, um, and that's what we do. So people come to pet them. And to get a photo with them. And then, and then it, you know, there could be hundreds, sometimes thousands, but mostly hundreds of people in the line and they're waiting to see him. And it goes real fast and it's a lot of fun. And it's very upbeat and jovial and funny. Mitzi might grab their hat or, my, or you know, it just there's always something going on. And then, and so it's just fun and that's how it is. But Max, over the years, he became real good. I could just say, do the pose. Oh yeah, I've seen you in a couple videos. And you yeah, can see so those. you know, and so he he could and he, he would, you know, he closes his mouth, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, okay. And I would always make a quip about you know my dogs are the only politicians in the world trained to close their mouths on command, and then I'd go, Max, close your mouth, and then Mitzi and Mikey, same thing, and I have this whole routine. Well, um, you know, so now I have these two new, really haven't been out because I got sick and they're not trained at all, but they're cute and they'll pose for pictures, but they don't know how to, they don't know what it means to close, close their mouth yet or stand up on their back legs or on the edge of the truck or whatever, you know, so it's, a, they're, they're puppies. And so, you know, we're in that stage, but Max, the second used to be a puppy too, and they all went through their puppy stage. So we're just in the. So now I have the veteran close your mouth pose on command 
deputy mares that are going to be 10 years old in May. And then I've got the two wild new puppies that just are, you know, like, like whirling dervishes, which are fun too. And so that's what we're doing. Hello, everybody. This is another snuggle session with Mayor Max, Meadow, Glennie, and Phyllis. Meadow says she loves you. Oh, she's wiggling. Okay, there we go. Hi, everybody. She's waving to you. <laughs> and, uh, and then we're going over to Max again. He's getting really big. He is almost grown out of his extra large vest. And so has Meadow, believe it or not. So they're going to be an extra, extra large, I would say, within two weeks. And they love you. And have a wonderful Saturday night. This is our big excitement here on the couch with the mayor and vice mayor of Ottawa. <laughs> And the two new, because uh, they're from, uh, did you go to Utah? Yeah, I went to uh, Golden Havoc Kennels in Payson, Utah. Carla Schwarting is the owner, and she does a marvelous job with her dogs. Her, her property and her dogs are all wonderful and high quality and clean and upbeat and socialized. I mean, my two dogs are so socialized with people that, um, like I had visitors here today. I had 10 visitors here today. My dogs, even though they're now like 55 pounds, you can pick them up and hold them. They love to be held. They love to be petted. And they oh, they're are cuddle bugs in the evening on, on Facebook. And my other dogs like to be petted, but you, you can't just hold them and kiss their faces for minutes on end like being petted but you know and um but these two carla had these dogs so socialized that it's it's unbelievable they're and and so they're very special and it's going to be fun and so we're in that we're in that puppy stage with the mare and the zoomies you probably have the zoomies every <laughs> yeah. now and then i try every day to have them have fun like we like them to obviously they have their they have the run of the house they have an indoor kennel they have an outdoor kennel and they have an outdoor dog run and so we try to give them adventures in all of those every day. So in-house zoomies is running around inside the house. And then they have their outdoor kennel, which they love, and they run around there. You know, it's like when you have one child, but then mm -hmm. if you had three child, like, they're, mm -hmm. all, they're all playing with each other. Like, yeah. they get right. along better than having three kids sometimes. Right. I mean, yeah, they get along. Um, one thing I can say, and I've told my husband this, is that I, I believe that my dogs are truly happy. I think that I'm giving them... Oh, yeah. A life that makes them happy. Absolutely. Because they're just, they're friendly dogs. It's not, it's not that they're scared or they're not right. in fear. You know, they love that interaction. They probably, they can sense that excitement. Yeah. They you do. You know, from yeah. the, when people get to, you know, even if it's hikers, you know, they just, yeah. they can feel that excitement. Uh, yeah. And they can see the smiles. Do you know what I mean? Like they can yeah. see the smiles on the humans. Yeah. I guess what's the dis like what's the hard thing about being in in sort of the, the 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 mayor's office? Is it sort of like the it's easy to maybe eat a lot of food, like get a lot of food from the public? Is that sort of like the risk? Well, yeah, I, I want to rein that in. I you know like with Mayor Max, I think the reason. Well, I don't know why he got no, I know cancer just... and died, but I think that Mayor Max was fed way too many snacks. Um, I kept his weight down, but he had gotten overweight. I got the weight off. But overall, when I look at his lifestyle and how it differed from Mitzi and Mikey, 
is that people would buy snacks for Max. And so Max was in, and Max was always oh, getting like some more. people they would they would bring they would bring like a dog treat or yeah they'd buy a bag of dog something. treats for Max and or they'd go to the one bakery in town it's a dog bakery dog yeah. shop and they'd buy a cookie but it's a big cookie and they'd buy one and they'd give it to Max and I think Max Max's diet to see Max and Mitzi and Mikey were the same age and the same diet with the exception that Mayor Max got a lot more dog treats. Yeah. And I feel that if I had to say, why did he die young, too young, is that he got too much of that. So now what I'm doing, I tell people, please don't buy it. Don't buy them treats. Or if you do, don't expect to see me feed them those treats or as much. I'm, I'm in fact, with my current dogs, I'm not using treats. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of going like, um, I want them to just have their, whatever the dog food is that we feel is the healthiest for them yeah. and maybe an occasional treat, but like Miramax, sometimes he might get 20, 30, 40 treats in a day. Okay. And I, I put them on diet treats where they're only two calories, but when you <laughs> still add that up and you know, that's a lot of treats. And so I feel like, you know, he loved it and, you know. Oh, sure. If I'm a little but, kid, if someone wants to, yeah. you know, get me yeah. Dairy Queen all the time, I'd, yeah. I'd be in heaven. Yeah. And by the way, I the dogs do love going to Dairy Queen, but I never really took them that much. A lot of times when you saw a Dairy Queen video on her social media, it was one I <laughs> I filmed before. Because I know that if I. Well, sometimes it's like, Dairy you know, Queen. you're very positive, even in your Facebook posts and stuff. Yeah. And you, you know, you write a lot and you put yeah. like detailed stuff. So, you know, the dogs maybe went to, to DQ. Maybe you got something and they didn't. My puppies are five months old and they've been to the Dairy Queen once. And when they got to the Dairy Queen, what they got was a pup cup is the same size as a little ketchup container for your French fries when you get food to go. It's okay. about three tablespoons. Not, it's not even three. It's like three teaspoons of ice cream. But Mitzi and Mikey, they got an ice cream cone. But Mitzi and Mikey hadn't been to the Dairy Queen in months. And so, you know, the thing is, my with my new two new dogs, I'm going to try to keep the diet way more standard because I'm hoping to get a long life out of them. Yeah, and um, and not do what happened with Max, which is you, you know you can have a you could have a uh, you could have a campaign where instead of people if they want to like get a treat for Max yeah. or the deputies, yeah, maybe they could do something to pay it forward to somebody else. Uh, yeah, like a little random act of kindness, like Max yeah. would want that, you know, or you know, make a little donation to us or to the rescue up here, or you know, or uh, a toy. You know, like they, they love and we constantly need those hard rubber balls. You can't bring them a real tennis ball because they eat them. Yeah. But if you, that chuck it, C-H-U-C-K-I-T, they make the a Kong, hard ball. the Kong balls. Like yeah, those, those right. That, that, anything hard like that, that, that would be great. And you can get those at the local stores and up here and you can get them elsewhere. So something that, that they would enjoy but won't harm them and that like my puppies now like today i went out there and somehow meadow had found and i don't know where because i keep the deck clear but somehow she found a black 
piece of plastic. And I go, what are you eating? I thought it was maybe a piece yeah. of wood. And I went over and it's this big hunk of plastic. I don't know where she found it. I don't know how she got it, but I got it out of her. But she would have swallowed it, you know, and it could have caused all kinds of trouble. Oh, that's what dogs do, though. Yeah, they do. And the, so the toys that you can shred apart, when it when it's, somebody gives us that, I thank them for that. I do give it to the dogs. But I stand there while the dogs shred it. And as they start to eat it, I pull the stuff out of their mouth. So I don't let them eat But what that toy. But if it's a soft toy that they can shred apart, I have to supervise it. Because otherwise, it'll land them in the hospital. Yeah, you don't need that. Nope, I don't. It's so expensive. I mean, You don't need a bill. Yeah, you don't need a bill from a vet veterinarian as well. Yeah. yeah, and to save Max, we had to take out a bank loan. Uh, mm. It was uh, $8,000. We did a personal loan from a friend and we put 6,000 on credit cards. And so, I mean, sometimes the vet bills can be 20, 30 grand and trying to save Max was in that neighborhood, but it turned out we were not able to save him. And so the, they didn't complete the operation. So we were able to get most of the bank loan back. Yeah. But we we still had the personal loan in our six thousand on the credit cards, and so um, you know the thing is that and then Mikey had to have a surgery recently because he ended up getting two tumors, and I thought here we go I'm losing a second dog, Ugh. so he got a tumor the size of a grapefruit and the size of an egg. They took them both out, and they uh, they weren't internal; they were external outside, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, they were both benign. And so he's fine. And so, but that was several thousand dollars again. And so, you know, it's the hard. Is, yeah. yeah. You don't want to spend 50,000 a year trying to save your dogs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it was a pleasure speaking with you. I think well, it's like, you. I think, you know, I, I think people will like this because it, you know, like I said, sometimes people just want to know a little more about you. It's like, yeah. it's it's so cool. And it's like, I just love the whole positivity. And obviously you yeah. do lots of stuff for the community. I mean, even yeah. just watching the little short film, like The Mayor. And yeah. And like, again, it's like, yeah, you won a contest type of thing, but you took it to another level. And I that's did. why the community that wants you to keep doing it, you know, especially if you want to do it, you know, because it is a lot of work. It's money yes. too. It's yeah. a lot of work and effort, you know, as long as you want to do it and you do, mm -hmm. uh, you want to keep it going. I do, you know, and I told them when they came up with the mayor for life thing, I thought, well, as long as I still want to do it. Yeah. I like this idea. And when Max died, the second Max on July, I considered retiring. Hi, everybody. This is a comforting Phyllis and Glennie and Mitzi and Mikey session that we do now to handle our, make us happy. And they say they love you with all their heart and they're going to try to do a really good job helping continue to run the office of Mayor Max while we begin the search for Mayor Max III. This is a secret announcement that we're going to do next week, so don't let it get out over the Internet. <laughs> and they uh, appreciate all of your well wishes and your love and concern. And... 
We love you with all our heart, everybody. And I was so in grief. Yeah. And uh, but after about five days of crying my eyes out, and I still continued to cry for many weeks. Yeah. But um, I told my husband, and I was sobbing, just sobbing when I told him. I said, "I do want to continue, so let's get two more dogs, and I want to continue the mayor's office." So that means that um, how I feel right now, I'm hoping for a nice long life with these dogs. And I'm hoping they make it to at least 14, which would be high for a big dog. Um, but some of them can get a little older, you know, but um, uh, hopefully they'll last a long time. And then now by then, you know, let, let's just say they last, you know, I'll be you're like 85 then. I'm 70. I'm going to be 72 soon. And I don't do the math. When someone says, oh, I was born this, I don't do yeah. the math. I know you're yeah. older than me. Yeah, I'm, so I'm 20 <laughs> years older than you are. And so um, so anyway, uh, I'd be 85. Would I want to do it again at 85 and get three more dogs? Hey, if I was healthy and still alive, I mean, maybe my dogs will outlive me anyway. Who knows? But I'm definitely here now and I want to do it because we're 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 wanting to get more serious about, you know, creating peace for all mankind. And frankly, if there are any listeners out there that would like to help us in that regard, you know, give me a call. My number is 949-525-0100 because I would love to kick this Peace on Earth team program into high gear. I want to get the word out. And I did not know until Mayor Max died, Mayor Max II died. Uh, I did not know how big of an impact we had had because I got contacted by thousands and maybe hundreds yeah, of thousands I, of people. Yeah, I was going to ask you that because obviously, you know, when that happened, I mean, you know, your social media following is a lot more than it was. I mean, you know, it grows yeah. every year in a way. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously when people hear the news of what happened last summer, yeah, the community and the outpouring must have been incredible for yeah. you even just the support yeah it must it was, be like incredibly touching it was it was overwhelmingly wonderful and i couldn't even keep up with it i calculated based on how many responses i had that if i just read and clicked that i read it and didn't reply that must be hard for you is it hard to manage the social media it, it takes time yeah and uh but it would have taken just on the condolences just that. It would have taken me a year and a half just to reply to what happened in the first two weeks. And then if I had commented, because some people wrote a lot, yeah. it would have taken me the rest of my life to respond to that many. Your outpouring to us has been tremendous. I calculated that it will take me a year and a half to be able to respond to all your messages. But I did clear 2,000 in the past 24 hours, but it's just a tip of the iceberg, but all your loving and kind messages are helping save our lives. And so I can't thank you enough. The most I could clear in a day was 2000. And that took eight and a half hours just to read and click. I want you to know I read it. And if I replied, then it took a lot longer. And I gave up after a few weeks. I go, I, I have yeah. a regular job. I got to run Mayor Max. I don't, and, and this will take the rest of my life to even read everything. So I finally, probably think after about a month, 
I just gave up on reading the condolences. I couldn't keep up. And, and so um, I, and I'm sorry for that. I apologize to everyone. Because... Well, people understand. <laughs> okay. Do you have people that help you? Like, you know, I always make a joke like no. little 13 year olds could help you with Facebook. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, um, right no. now I don't. I do everything myself. I what I do is I read 100 percent of everything that comes in and I click that I've read it. Uh, and then when they ask a question or I feel I need to reply, I do a comment. Now, mostly at the level that I'm at right now, which is about 100, you know, it's about 65,000 on Instagram and another 20 or 30,000 on two different Facebook accounts. But um, I'm able to keep up with that, except once in a while, a video I'll do will get uh, maybe uh, a thousand comments and it'll get like uh, 500 or a thousand shares. And then those all get comments. When that happens, I have to bail at a certain point. It's too big. Yeah. Now at some point I'll probably have to have people to help me, but I right now, since the inception of this in uh, 2012, I'm a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the respondent reader, replier, copywriter, poster, <laughs> and uh 99.9% .9 photographer for everything. So. that must be hard for you managing everyone's phone and stuff everyone's like you know, yeah you're grabbing people's phone but i guess you're a pro doesn't matter what kind of phone they give you yeah you, i'm you a, i do tell people now because i've taken millions of photos uh that i am a world-class photographer now i wasn't in the beginning but i am now and so um yeah and then when you look at the calendar which text me or, or message me at your address when you see the calendar, I except for one photo this year, I'm 100% of the photos in that calendar. And I took them. Canine wisdom is his style. Scratch his head for a dog. He smiles. He's Max, the mayor of Idlewild. Max, the mayor of Idlewild. Do you get a lot of... Um... I'm sure you do get like, obviously you get media requests and all that stuff, even just yeah. like, you know, uh, just over the years, obviously you've done yeah. things and stuff like that. Yeah. I get a lot of requests for that kind of thing. I always say yes to everything. Um, <laughs> and you know, so we, there've been several documentaries that have been done there. We've been on television and news and we've been on news. You were on Kelly times. Clarkson. Because my next guest is the elected serving mayor of Idlewild in California. So please welcome Mayor Max II and his chief of staff, Phyllis Mueller. We did the Mint Mobile commercial with Ryan Reynolds. They filmed it here at our house. And so Mint Mobile is officially contributing to the mayor of Idlewild, California. A good, good boy named Max. Yes, he is. You know, so they, there's been a lot of exposure. He's a sweet, good-looking guy. That must have been a nice day. Yeah, it was fun. Now, uh, he sent his marketing and camera crew out here, and his part, he was in Canada. So I didn't actually get to meet yeah, him. Yeah, I in did the commercial, see that. It was on your YouTube channel. Yeah, right, yeah. So in the commercial, he's in it, you know. So they called us and asked us if we'd ever heard of Ryan Reynolds, and I just busted out laughing. I go, yes. <laughs> 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 oh, that's awesome. Well, I super appreciate your time. And like, well, I said, thank you. 
right now I'm dealing with trying to recover from pneumonia, but you know, you were good. You, but, you only coughed twice. I think like you sound yeah, great. Like you're, yeah. you're, you're on the men. You're 90% or 95%. For us, because we work for a living, I can't take six months off. But my thought was to do it over 10 years, one tenth of the trail one month each year, because I'm not a 20 mile a day girl. Okay. That I, I don't see myself doing that, but I could do 10 miles. Okay. You and be sponsored by Red Bull because you work a lot. Like you must, you must snore heavy. Like you must sleep really hard. Hopefully you I, do. I know I don't, do I snore, honey? No, he says, no, I don't snore, but uh, thank God. You I know. hope you have deep that, sleeps though, because I can't, I can't think of anything less feminine than a snoring woman. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what, though? A happy, you know, they always say like a happy wife, a happy life, right? So you yeah. always want, you know, your woman type of thing to have a deep sleep because you want her to be well rested. The more well rested you are, the better chance for a good day the next day is, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, uh, I'm i not a deep sleeper and I don't sleep a lot. And I, but if I were hiking, I would be sleeping more because that's a lot of exercise in a day. And that for me, it's not the length of the hike. I could do any length, but I cannot do it with a 40 pound pack on my back. And that is the deal breaker for me. So when I thought of doing the PCT hike, I thought of hiring some Sherpas from India to come <laughs> over here and carry my pack for me so I could just walk it. Then I can do the mileage. Okay. But the, uh, but the carrying a pack, oh my gosh, I would have to build up to that. And so, uh, but I've always wanted to do it. So we were thinking, I was thinking, you know, well, I about I do just a section each year because I got to work for a living and I, maybe I could save up for a month, you know, but then the other thing is that people come to town to see the mayors and and then I wouldn't be here. And for me, I'm the kind of person, it's hard for me to not be with my dogs. And yeah. I wouldn't be taking the dogs on the trail. And so my husband said he would be willing to be the logistics guy with the dogs meeting up with me at various locations while I do the hike. And so that's what we're thinking if I ever do it. But right now I'm concerned with, will I be alive next year? And so I do feel that I am on the mend, but I have had to confront the fact that, you know, I have a long-term situation right now and it is improving. So I'm optimistic, um, but I'm also, you know, worried. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah. I just, like I said, the PCT is kind of new to me, but I'm so excited to just hike it with my daughter because I yeah. just want, I can't live forever. I don't know. I, yeah. You never know, right? Like you never yeah. know. So I just want to yeah. get on trail. Hopefully we get our permits and well, if we don't, we'll get local permits, but we'll yeah. hike it. We'll go slow and steady. Like I don't, yeah. I just want to spend five, six months with my daughter. That's all that matters. Whether we go a hundred miles or 700 miles. Yeah. Just, get to the Sierras it will it'll be a good time yeah it'll be great it'll be great yeah okay well thank you so much well thank you so much I can't wait to hear it oh my pleasure okay well have a good one then okay thank you okay oh Dan, give everyone also, hugs for me and we'll, we will see you in 2024 okay we sounds get great. Up there. absolutely and uh, text me your phone number your mobile okay and your address I'm going to send you a calendar oh okay we'll do okay all right thanks okay thanks see you
on social. Our handle is PCT Just Do It, which is P-C-T-J-S-D-O-I-T. We use that handle on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. You can find links to our social channels and other links on our website, hikethepct.ca. And when you hit the menu on the website, we have other things like our gear lists, PCT trail notes, projected expenses, current savings, and other links, and other information about our hike. Here is the last teasy commercial. If you heard this a couple times, just end the episode. Have a great day. Hey, Dan here. We decided to make a little Facebook page for the podcast. So if you search on Facebook, A Long Walk North Podcast, it should come up as a page. And we just thought, you know what, it will help with engagement, meaning... If you have a question for us, if you have a question that you want us to answer on the podcast, ask it. Put a comment in any post. If you have any feedback, feedback whether it's a certain episode or just in general, things that we're doing right, things that we're not doing right, things that bug you, any recommendations, suggestions, any guests that you want us to reach out to to see if they'll come on our podcast and talk. But anyways, we have a Facebook page. We're not going to post a ton of stuff, but it will help you alert you if there's something new. So go find it. Put a link in the description for the episode as well. Okay, enough of this. On with life. Talk soon. Triple Crown Coffee is dedicated to the craft of fine coffee and the preservation of the National Scenic Trails of the United States. Its owner, Chris has hiked the Triple Crown himself and now donates part of the proceeds to the three ultra-long distance trails. His coffee is farm to cup, promoting leave no trace ethics from farms that employ sustainable harvest methods and environmentally friendly practices. Kickstart your day tomorrow and get out on the trail. Make sure that you also give back in some way, even picking up a little bit of garbage on your hike. Leave no trace.